You're listening to the Weekend Collective Podcast from Newstalk ZB. <laughs> nice choice of music there, Joe. Um, well, welcome back to Politics Central. I'm Tim Beveridge of the Weekend Collective. Um, now, well, <laughs> that music sort of uh, tells tells its own story in a way, doesn't it? But um, over the last 36, 48 hours, it's been quite extraordinary in, uh, in the Russia-Ukraine situation where Russian mercenary chief Yevgeny Prigozhin had said that... Um, that the Kremlin's rationale for invading Ukraine was based on lies uh, concocted by his uh, adversary, who being the, the army's top brass. Uh, he'd then taken control, he said he'd taken control of the Russian city of Rostov-on-Don as part of an attempt to oust the military leadership. And then news that the Wagner, Varg, Wagner, Wagner, Wagner musical group, uh, musical group, God, what am I saying? Mercenary group, I think I said that yesterday, were rapidly advancing through Western Russia towards Moscow. Um, the Russian authorities said it was an armed mutiny. Putin vowed to crush um, it as he compared it to Russia's civil war a century ago. Then all of a sudden, uh, it's sort of over before it began. He's um, he, the boss of the Wagner Group. Uh, Prigozhin has agreed to stop the advancement of his troops towards Moscow. It's been an incredibly um, fascinating um, couple of days. And to discuss that um, is a former policy analyst and an intelligence consultant to the U.S. government security agencies, um, uh, and specialising in matters of security, comparative and international politics. It's uh, Paul Buchanan. G'day, Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So, uh, what do you make of the last 36 hours? Quite extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, crazy. Absolutely crazy. But let's be very clear. This is a power struggle that had been simmering from the onset of the war. Because Prigozhin all along said that the Russian high command were incompetent and corrupt. And has repeatedly pointed out that while many young people are dying in the killing fields of the Ukraine, the children of these military leaders are living in Dubai. They're living the life uh, in any place but Russia. And, uh, and he's accused them of corruption. Uh, you know, it's open warfare between the Minister of Defense and the head of Russian military and Mr. Prigozhin. And that's what he's after. Uh, he would like to become the Minister of Defense uh, and or the head of the armed forces, although he doesn't have a commission, so he'd more likely want to be the MOD. But what's interesting about this is, yes, it has rattled Putin's cage. But think of it this way. Many people think, well, this is the end of Putin if Purgosian gets his way. Mm. But actually, Purgosian has as much reason to leave Putin alive and have him as puppet with uh, Prigozhin pulling the strings rather than have him executed and then have a succession crisis because there'll be a mad scramble if Putin yep. is, is removed physically. So the deal is this. He moved into Russia not to conquer Moscow. What he was doing is testing the waters to see how many Russian military people would defect to his side. What would the economic elites do? Would they side with him uh, or would they continue to support Putin? He tested the waters, in, in other words, and he's found that the time is not right for him to make a bolder move. So this is the first feint okay. in which I think is going to be a fairly uh, long uh, bout. So how does he retain any sort of influence now he's taken a deal where he's not going to be prosecuted? Well, I'd be watching his back for a long time. He's off in, in Belarus now, isn't he? Yeah, and that is a little weird, but let's be very clear. Um, he's got incredible leverage 
over Putin and his generals, and that is his military operations. If Russia didn't have the Wagner Group operating in Ukraine, they would have lost this war anyway or already. Yeah, uh, it's it's his mercenaries who made the breakthrough in Bakhmut. Yeah, and so his major insurance policy is the effectiveness of his fighting force when compared with the Russian military itself. That's his yeah. guarantee. Get out of death card. So, so I, the, I think the the move to Belarus is a temporary one, and we'll see him show up once again in the Ukraine. Where are soldiers now? Then what happens to them? Well, he, he says he took 20,000 on the march to, uh, to Moscow. Uh, it's debatable whether there were 20,000. Most of the soldiers are still in the border regions between Ukraine and Russia, in the Donbass and, of course, Rostov. Yeah. Uh, you know, they took that town over in Russia. They are going to retreat, but they're going to retreat back into southeastern Ukraine. And that's, that's the insurance card. Without them... The Russians might be able to withstand the Ukrainian counteroffensive. They need Wagner. I can't imagine and, that Wagner secu- the soldiers being particularly motivated against Ukraine now, given their change of focus. Isn't that a big? Isn't that a big plus for Ukraine? It is, but let's remember, there's been a lot of talk about you know the Wagner mercenaries being convicts. They're savages. This, that, and the other. He pays very well. Uh, he has people from all over the world, including Westerners, fighting for him because he pays well and he pays the families of his soldiers mm. better benefits than the Russian state does. And so uh, this is a commercial transaction for a lot of these fighters. I mean, think the parallel would be the French Foreign Legion. Yeah. A lot of these guys are professional soldiers. Okay. Well, well, well I would imagine their, their, their funding from Russia's just dried up, though, hasn't it? But here's the deal. It, although he got seed money from the Russian government when he started up the armed component, that is the Wagner Group, because he's got his fingers in many pies. But he gets most of his money now by protecting Chinese investments in the diamond and gold industries of sub-Saharan Africa. He makes billions of dollars right. off of protecting those investments, so he doesn't need the Russians' money, and they know it. So where to for Putin now? Because uh, there are still people saying that, look, it might look that he's, you know, round one to him because um, Prigozhin's retreated. But uh, the comment I've seen is that Putin has been gravely weakened. Uh, It remains to be seen. I mean, it's certainly the speech he gave uh, last night, our time, uh, shows a guy who was, you know, visibly shaken by this. And that means that he didn't have intelligence that this move was going to make. It turns out the Americans did uh, three weeks ago. They knew that uh, Gregosian was plotting and scheming. Uh, so he is shaken. But uh, that's not to say that he can't uh, overcome this. What about the he Russian? Knows, Sorry. Uh, Putin. See, Putin knows that Gregosian is not after him per se. Gregosian is after the military high command. He may have to give that to him. Uh, in order to keep his own head. And remember, Prigozhin, he would be just as happy having Putin play the role of president, prime minister, and have him pull the strings from behind. So Putin has some leeway, some room for maneuver. But let's just say that compared to before the war, that room for maneuver has shrunken considerably. And the main obstacle to him reconsolidating his power is Prigozhin. And how much, what about the Russian people? How much do they know about what's going on? 
Well, that's the, you know, that's the interesting thing. When he, he made this move, he wanted to do two things. As I said, he tested the waters, and that was in part uh, directed at seeing which military factions would side with him or against him. And he did get elements of the Russian military to side with his guys. The other one was to gauge the public mood because in a weird way, he brought the war to places in Russia that hadn't been affected by it. You know, we've seen some drone strikes and that sort of thing. But, you know, he marched in within 150 miles of Moscow and then turned around. People saw that. The Russian military tried to bomb his convoy, and for their efforts, they had three helicopters shot down and a transport plane. So the war was in Russia between Russians. Uh, That, I think, makes this the first move. So it's not could be a prolonged chess game. Well, so it's not over (laughs) for anyone who thinks it's all over. Certainly not. Excellent. Paul, thank you so much for your, your insight and your time this afternoon. Really appreciate it. For more from the Weekend Collective, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from 3 p.m. or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.